And you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. On the Mojo 50 Radio Network, streaming live on iHeartRadio. Also available on demand on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at right now, Jim Dawes. Or shoot me an email at rightnowjimdawes at gmail.com. We've got a voicemail set up where you can leave your questions and comments at 772-245-0750. That's 772-245-0750. Well, this impeachment charade is uh, moving right along as uh, the... Uh, the left-wing media does its war dance and tries to characterize this as a constitutional crisis because the president is refusing to cooperate with Nancy Pelosi, Adam Schiff, and and their band of uh, resistance impeachment jihadists. Uh, and they will not tell you that this this whole thing is a charade. Article 1, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution in Clause 5 specifically gives the power to the House of Representatives to conduct impeachment proceedings, not to the Democrat caucus in the House of Representatives. It gives it to the full House of Representatives. And in order for the full House of Representatives to pursue an impeachment proceedings, they have to express their will by a majority vote. This current sham of impeachment is not being conducted by the House of Representatives. It's being conducted by uh, the Democrat caucus, and not all of them, because the full House has not voted in favor of an impeachment. It's an unconstitutional and illegitimate process. It offers no due process to the president or the Republicans. No cross-examination, no ability to call witnesses. It's being conducted behind closed doors. And the only information that's getting out or is the information that makes the president look bad. And not only has the House not voted to proceed with this, these impeachment um, charades, they have specifically gone on record twice voting against an impeachment inquiry. Uh, both of those were brought as a, uh, a personal privilege by the Geico caveman representative from Texas, Al Green. So the administration is perfectly correct not to respond to these, these uh, letters masquerading as subpoenas. And if Nancy Pelosi is so confident that she has the uh, um, authority to proceed like this, then let her take uh, one of these subpoenas to court and ask a federal judge to enforce them. I don't even think they're called subpoenas. They know um, that they don't have subpoena power under the current state of affairs. But let them take it to court and let them see if it stands up. Because it won't. The judge will ask, well, the House is... uh, proceeding on impeachment 
against the President of the United States in accordance with Article 1, Section 2, Clause 5 of the U.S. Constitution, have you voted to proceed? Nancy will say no. And then the President's lawyers will say not only have they not voted to proceed, they have specifically voted against proceeding twice, not once, but twice. And the violence being done to the U.S. Constitution by Nancy Pelosi truly is stunning. And uh, there's a there's a representative from Louisiana who's actually running for governor of Louisiana. His name's Abrams, who has uh, brought a, 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 a motion for censure and expulsion against Nancy Pelosi, and that is right and um, and in order because she is totally as Speaker of the House, ignoring the rules, ignoring precedent, ignoring the Constitution, in order to engage in basically the politicization of uh, the House of Representatives. And you got Adam Schiff leading this, this effort. Of all people, the guy that was shown to be lying for over two years to the American people when he said he had personal knowledge of secret evidence that was going to prove that Donald Trump colluded with the Russians. That evidence was never existed. And yet, and, and, and then he opens this, uh, this, this sham of a proceedings by mischaracterizing the president's words in, in that conversation with the Ukrainian president. But on yesterday's show, uh, we set a little background and context for all of this by looking back in 2014 when the U.S. State Department and the Obama administration, along with the CIA, and an interlocking network of um, left-wing foreign policy uh, institutes, foundations, engineered a coup d'etat against the duly elected president of the Ukraine. And we brought you a clip of uh, Victoria Newland, the ambassador. No, she was uh, Assistant uh, Secretary of State at the time and the ambassador of Ukraine in the aftermath of that coup, trying to decide who they were going to put in charge of the Ukraine. And I, I want to play uh, 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 the rest of that clip now where they talk about bringing in um, Joe Biden to put his stamp of approval on whoever uh, they successfully appoint to take the place of the duly elected president, who by this time has uh, has gone into exile. But um, anyway, we could uh, we could land Jolly side up on this one if we move fast. So let me work on let me work on Klitschko, and if you can just keep, I, I think we want to try to get somebody with an international personality to. Um, come out here and help to midwife this thing. And then the other, the other issue is some kind of outreach to Yanukovych, but we probably regroup on that tomorrow as we see how things start to fall into place. So on that piece, Jeff, uh, when I wrote the note, uh, Sullivan's come back to me, uh, VFR, saying you need Biden, and I said probably tomorrow for an attaboy and to get the deets to stick. So okay. Biden's willing. Okay, great. Right. Thanks. What do you think? Uh, I think we're in play. I think we're in play. Absolutely. So you, you wonder why, you know, all of the turmoil and loss of life over there in the Ukraine, once again, 
the American government uh, is not willing to accept, uh, uh, you know, the, the democratic process in other countries and um, like to engage in skullduggery, and they were successful in overturning uh, the Ukrainian government. What's interesting about all of this is a lot of the uh, personalities and characters and, and groups that uh, were able to successfully engineer this coup in the Ukraine in 2004 are starting to pop back up both in the um, the Russian dossier and in this current uh, coup attempt being conducted by the Democrats in the House of Representatives. And I'm going to go ahead and take a break so that we won't be interrupted once I start going through all of this. I want to uh, just bring you up to speed on this uh, this cast of characters and how their names and their funding keeps uh, repeating itself again and again with not only uh, the, the groups that uh, destabilized Ukraine, but also the ones that tried to uh, frame Trump in the 2016 election and now are trying again in these whistleblower uh, fake complaints so we're going to go to a break, and then we'll get to this right after these messages. Does your current bathroom need to be updated immediately? Introducing One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling. The complete and hassle-free way to get the new bathroom of your dreams in as little as one day. And for as little as $1.99 a month. Yes, the experts at One Day Bath and Shower Remodeling will come to you anywhere in the country and show you all the customized options. Now you can have a brand new bathroom in as little as one day. Large or small bathrooms, if you want a new bathtub or shower installed, we can do it in as little as one day. And if you call right now, you can save $750 off your remodel. We make it easy by offering you financing as low as $199 per month. Call now to schedule your free in-home consultation. 800-693-3152. 800-693-3152. That's 800-693-3152. So let's talk about a couple of groups that are instrumental in this current so-called whistleblower campaign and this uh, this complaint that's being brought forward and and talked about as if you know it is a justification for the removal of the president. The law firm is uh, named Compass Rose, and they're a firm that right after Donald Trump uh, got elected in January of 2017, mounted a uh, a campaign to try to get. Uh, whistleblowers to come forward in the Trump administration before it was even birthed to come and make complaints against Donald Trump. This firm is headed by a fellow named Andrew Bakash. And um, it, according to the news coverage, this is a, a bipartisan effort. They'll lead you to believe that, oh, you know, this is, this is just a group that's dedicated to uh, transparency in government. But if you look at Andrew Bakash's Twitter feed in the aftermath of the election, he's calling repeatedly for the removal of Donald Trump under the 25th Amendment, saying that uh, he, he's not mentally ill, he's just unfit 
to carry out his duties. And he, he was specifically uh, lobbying Rex Tillerson to become part of that effort. He was also in his Twitter feed smearing Donald Trump as a white supremacist and calling on the national security uh, apparatus of the government to, uh, to, to basically stage a coup. The other fellow involved in all this is, and, and as, as also Andrew Bakash was um, offering deeply discounted um, legal fees for any of these whistleblowers that came forward. Now, the other uh, part of this tandem is a guy named Mark Zaid, who founded a group called Whistleblower Aid. And they, too, were advertising. Uh, they, they were running billboards around Washington, D.C. after Trump got elected, calling for billboards to come forward and offering to pay the legal fees for these whistleblowers with the Rose Law Firm. This, uh, this group, Whistleblower Aid, was co-founded by a, name, a guy named John Ty, who is a former State Department official who went on to work for the Southern Poverty Law Center. He was also associated with a, uh, a nonprofit foundation called Aviz that funded Occupy Wall Street. And this Aviz group was funded by, let me ask you to guess, that's right, George Soros and the ACLU, which is also heavily funded by George Soros. One of the other members of this board of ease was uh, a fellow named Ian Bresnan. He's this guy's Ian Bresnan is a board member. He also was associated with uh, United to Protect Democracy, which is a Soros-funded group that was uh, dedicated to stopping Donald Trump and his agenda. So what we have here with this um, this uh, this law firm, Compass Rose, is a resistance lawfare firm dedicated to um, to bringing down Donald Trump. Now, apparently, they put their efforts on hold during the Mueller investigation because they thought that Mueller was going to, you know, frame Trump and get him out of there. But now that uh, Mueller has uh, has come up a cropper, they have remobilized their efforts. And without knowing the identity of this whistleblower or these whistleblowers at this point, we are unable to adequately evaluate whether or not the whistleblowers are part of this whole effort. We know, according to reporting today, that the first whistleblower that had only secondhand information of any of this is somehow associated to, with one of the current Democrat presidential candidates. But these groups, um, Whistleblower Aid, Compass Rose Law Firm, um, the Protect Democracy uh, group, all of these are Alinsky-type agitation groups. And they're all funded by a who's who of, uh, of leftist organizations, including Soros and the Open Society Foundation and Google and the Rockefeller Brothers um, Foundation. And if you look at this complaint that was no doubt drafted by the Rose Compass Law Firm, you will see 
that in addition to just having secondhand information, there's a footnote. This, this document is heavily footnoted, but there's a footnote that, or, or there are footnotes that repeatedly refer four times in that, I think it's a seven-page document, to an organization called the uh, Organization Against Crime and Corruption Reporting Project. Now, this is a group that was heavily involved in the effort to unseat Yanukovych in 2014 in the Ukraine. And they were also monitoring and writing reports about Rudy Giuliani's um, investigating the Ukraine connection to the effort to overturn Donald Trump's election. They wrote a report to it. And this report is heavily cited in this whistleblower complaint. If you follow the link to the report at the OCCRP's website, you will find that this was a joint investigation between the OCCRP and BuzzFeed. Yes, that's right, the same BuzzFeed that uh, initially published the fake dossier and engaged in two and a half years of fake Russia reporting. So who is the OCCRP? Well, you look at their website, and I I need to give uh, Aaron Klein credit for this uh, this investigative research he is uh, he is starting to dig deeply into the interlocking network that's uh, involved in this attempted coup in the house of representatives but if you look at the financiers for the organization of uh, for uh, against crime and corruption reporting project you will find that the top 3 financiers are soros's open society institute George Soros himself, the Rockefeller Brothers Foundation Fund, Google, and none other than the U.S. State Department. So all of this goes back to Joe Biden being in on the ground floor of the coup that overturned the government in the Ukraine in 2014. And a lot of this is connected to a group called the Atlantic Council. Atlantic Council is a, a group that um, is supposed to uh, study these things. And if you look, they have been responsible for bringing a lot of the uh, successors to the Yanukovych government to Washington, D.C., and they've been deeply involved in Ukraine's affairs both before, during, and after this, this coup. And it turns out Adam Schiff, the same Adam Schiff that is leading this impeachment effort from his, his uh, perch at the, as chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, has a staff member named Thomas Edgar. Thomas Edgar works at, on the Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence which is, as you know, been inside uh, impeachment duties, totally unprecedented, by Nancy Pelosi. And, of course, we know that uh, uh, Schiff, Adam Schiff, lied about his advanced knowledge of this whistleblower complaint. And we know that this Thomas Edgar, who works for Schiff, traveled to the Ukraine 
10 days after this whistleblower complaint came forward, and that travel was paid for by the Atlantic Council. Guess who Atlantic Council is funded by? Atlantic Council is funded by Burisma, the same um, corrupt Ukrainian energy company that paid Joe Biden's son, Hunter, $3 million for a no-show job so that they could have influence with the American vice president. Burisma is a full partner with the Atlantic Council, and they they have funded uh, a group inside the Atlantic Council called the Eurasia Center. Schiff's staff is a fellow staff member, Thomas Edgar, is a fellow of this Eurasia Center at the Atlantic Council funded by Burisma. So all of these things are deeply involved in the actual substance of the whistleblower's complaint. And yet Schiff has a staff member on there that is, in fact, a fact witness to all of this. So Schiff signed off on this trip. He knows for a fact that his staff member is is uh, taking this trip over to the Ukraine funded by Burisma, and yet he hasn't brought any of that forward or even recused himself because, you know, he is, uh, he's got staff that uh, is involved in all of this. There's, um, there's several people on this Eurasia task force that are also deeply involved in all of this. One is David J. Kramer who is one of the members of uh, the so-called rapid response team for Ukraine elections. David Kramer is a former staff member of John McCain and, and works for the McCain Institute. David Kramer obtained the Steele dossier from Fusion GPS and gave it to John McCain. And of course, then McCain gave it to Comey, but, but that wasn't all. Kramer also allowed BuzzFeed to photograph and publish this, uh, this dossier. As I said, the Atlantic Council gets money from Google. And Google also financed CrowdStrike, the organization that uh, determined that the Russians had hacked the DNC servers. Google funded CrowdStrike to the tune of $100 million dollars. And CrowdStrike is the only one that has ever determined that uh, Russia, in fact, hacked the DNC servers. It was shortly after the DNC servers were so-called hacked that Seth Rich was murdered in Washington, D.C. CrowdStrike was hired by Perkins Coie, the same company that was the lawyers for the DNC and Hillary Clinton, that, that hired Fusion GPS and Christopher Steele to put together this dossier. All of the connections and all of the fundings here, the same cast of characters are running around and around all of this, and Adam Schiff is at the center of it. They are fact witnesses in this investigation being run by Adam Schiff, and yet they are also deeply involved uh, in pushing this impeachment narrative. 
Victoria Newland is deeply involved in this. She was feeding uh, information developed by Christopher Steele to these uh, these opposition groups that were trying to unseat Yanukovych in the Ukraine. This is going to get deeper and deeper, and it's easy to see why they want to keep the Republicans from taking part in this uh, sham proceeding, because none of this will stand up to scrutiny. Stick with us. When we come back from these messages, we're going to get to the rest of the news today right after two messages right here on the Mojo Five O radio network. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an America first perspective on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. I really don't feel like I did a good job explaining um, Aaron Klein's reporting, or at least didn't do it justice, about all the interlocking network of left wing foundations and funding and cast of characters that uh, are repeated not only in the uh, initial effort to smear Donald Trump with the Steele dossier and the Mueller investigation, but has now um, come up again in this latest so-called whistleblower uh, effort to, to impeach the president. And also uh, how they had a hand in the uh, the coup against the duly elected government in Ukraine in 2014. I wanted to bring it to you because Aaron Klein, as an investigative reporter that are breaking a lot of these stories, because the mainstream legacy media uh, have no interest in reporting it. They have an interest in covering it up. He has to be very judicious in his uh, his statements and his connections because his credibility is on the line, and uh, you know it, it's going to be hard to uh, to get this reporting into the mainstream because um, you know he's from an alternate news source. So I wanted to bring it to you with a, a little bit more freedom to uh, to connect the dots, but uh, it is such a maze and labyrinth of of these uh, these funders I, I guess i would just uh summarize it give you an executive summary that uh, the same people uh who funded uh 
CrowdStrike that claimed that the Russians hacked the DNC servers and hired uh, Fusion GPS to hire Christopher Steele to put together this bogus dossier, much of it sourced out of the Ukraine, and are, are now the same ones that fund this uh, these uh, lawfare groups that are bringing forward and drafting these whistleblower complaints that Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff are now weaponizing against Donald Trump in the House of Representatives. They are George Soros and his Open Society Foundation, the Rockefeller Brothers Foundation, Google and Alphabet, and um, and others. Uh, and a lot of these people that actually work in the... Uh, uh, the the staff of the intelligence committee are also connected to this Atlantic group, which is getting its funding directly from Burisma, the company that Joe Biden's son Hunter took $3 million for in the aftermath of the coup in Ukraine. And, um, and my point is, and Aaron Klein's point is, that a lot of these people that are involved in this effort, this investigation in this effort to get Donald Trump are actually fact witnesses. And a lot of how a lot of this stuff came out. And we're talking about millions and millions of dollars. Uh, Google finance CrowdStrike, which is headed by a Ukrainian to the tune of $100 million. CrowdStrike uh, is the one that claims that Russia hacked the DNC servers when there is no proof of that that we've been able to see. And experts on, uh, you know, IT say that it is physically impossible for the transfer rate to have taken place at the speed that CrowdStrike claims it did. And uh, a lot of this, uh, this frenzy, I believe, has something to do with the death of Seth Rich. I'm not going to say it uh, any stronger than that because uh, there are left-wing groups that scour the internet waiting for somebody to bring forward the topic of Seth Rich too strongly and then then they they hit them with these slap lawsuits to try to shut them up. But uh, we're going to continue to cover this and as these dots uh, become more uh, and more connected, uh, bring them to you. But uh, there is a reason why Nancy Pelosi is circumventing the rules in the House of Representatives in order to try to uh, mount this impeachment effort. And I believe it's because Rudy Giuliani uh, and uh, Bill Barr and John Durham are starting to hit pay dirt and getting to the bottom of all of this corruption that took place in the Obama administration. Well, the big story of the day is, uh, and you don't know how much of it is actual reporting and how much of it is public relations spend and propaganda, that Turkey is already moving into northern Syria, and uh, and they're claiming that they're going to attack, the media is claiming that they're going to attack uh, the Kurds. Every indication is that they're uh, going to uh, take control of these ISIS prisoners because as the U.S. moves out and removes its funding, uh, the Kurds <clears throat> will have every interest in just uh, falling back and uh, losing control of those prisoners 
And those prisoners, uh, those ISIS prisoners, are a great threat to uh, Turkey as well. I'm glad that Turkey is going to be taking control of those prisoners. And uh, I hope that the Kurds will go back to their previous position of allying themselves with the government of Damascus and try to restore some stability to that country so that they can uh, keep uh, ISIS from re uh, reestablishing itself and, uh, and not be so um, exposed to allowing Iran to use uh, Syria as a base of operations against Israel. Of course, you know that the foreign policy community in Washington, D.C., the military-industrial complex, is absolutely losing its mind because we're pulling those 50-some-odd American uh, advisors out of there and removing the tripwire that would have drug us into a much wider war if and when the Kurds and the Turks went back to their centuries-old war against each other. Lindsey Graham, of course, is in Washington, D.C., taking the lead on this, and uh, he's... He's putting out, uh, you know, he's basically beating the war drum that this is a huge mistake that we can never pull out of any uh, any misbegotten war that uh, we've gotten ourselves into that we're obligated to stay there forever. Yeah, that's a pre-9-11 mentality that the Mideast is no concern to us. I'll say uh, what, I, what I said to President Obama. I hope President Trump's right. I hope we can turn the fight against ISIS over to Turkey. I hope that Turkey, when they go into Syria, they won't slaughter the Kurds. And I will say this to the president. It would be hard to protect America without allies over there. And the Kurds have been good allies. And when Turkey goes in. Well, the Turkey, uh, the Kurds have been good allies, but it's very transactional. They're not ideologically aligned with the United States. They don't believe in, um, you know, uh, uh, human freedom or anything of that sort. They are, in fact, um, more closely aligned with um, with a communist ideology. Um, but they've they've been good transactional allies, and we've been good transactional allies with them. That does not mean that we have to stay there forever and get involved in an internecine war between them and all of the other uh, sects and factions in the Middle East who have been at this since before the United States was even uh, a country. To Syria, they're not going in to fight ISIS. They're going in to kill the Kurds because, in their eyes, they're more of a threat to Turkey than ISIS. So I hope he's right. I don't think so. I know that every military person has told him, "Don't do this." And this is the pre-9/11 right. mentality that paved the way for 9/11. What's happening in Afghanistan is no concern to us. So if he follows through with this, it'd be the biggest mistake of his presidency. So this goes back to the old, uh, you know, it's better to fight them over here than fight them over. Oh, it's better to fight them over there than fight them over here. I, I think it's better not to fight them at all. We should stay the hell out of the Middle East, not get bogged down over there, and we should keep the Middle East and its radical ideology the heck out of the United States and the other Western nations. That's the uh, uh, the secret recipe. You don't allow... Uh, this these mass waves of uh, immigration and visas from countries that uh, sponsor terrorism, and you have a, uh, a, a an immigration and visa system that identifies threats and keeps them out. The reason nine eleven happened is because the uh, the immigration lobbies had been uh, successful in just 
basically breaking down any sort of screening effort. I think 16 of the 19 hijackers' visas were actually signed by John Brennan. And they all over, almost all of them overstayed their student visas and were over here and, uh, you know, not hiding. They were easily, uh, to follow up, easy to follow up on. They were attending flight schools and, and, um, and other suspicious activity. But yeah, instead of spending trillions of dollars and thousands of American lives, how about we just tighten up on our visa system and our immigration system? How would that be, Lindsay? Could we do that? So I touched on the beginning of the first half hour about this illegitimate um, impeachment coup d'etat that Nancy Pelosi and Adam Schiff and Jerry Nadler and Maxine Waters have got going. I was glad to see uh, that Newt Gingrich uh, agrees with me. The first attacks on Trump were on the 9th of November, the day after the election, when left-wing groups had nationwide rallies yep. against Trump having won the election. The first article I've found so far talking about impeaching him is Vanity Fair in December 15th. And on the day of his inaugural, the Washington Post had an article about the Democrats already plotting impeachment. So mm-hmm. what you're seeing is a three-year war, uh, which really is, is an effort to have a coup against the Constitution by uh, the Democrats in the House. It's a coup against the Constitution. It's a coup against a duly elected president. And uh, I'm glad to see that uh, they're starting to wake up to this, the Demo- uh, the uh, Republicans in the House and the Senate are, and, uh, and realize no matter how they feel about Trump, if this effort by Nancy Pelosi is allowed to succeed, it is going to make uh, governance of this country under the Constitution nearly impossible. But they've got Trump derangement syndrome, and they have had it all along. And uh, Rick Wilson, who is one of these never Trumpers, who is a, a paid, um, you know, turncoat, um, Benedict Arnold over there on CNN, uh, reminds everybody that this election is not about uh, issues. It's not about uh, you know things that um, make life better for America, like uh, low unemployment or a growing stock market to uh, improve your retirement fund or securing the border or anything like that. It's about one thing and one thing only. The Democrats are out of their minds that they think they're going to accomplish anything politically beneficial by passing an infrastructure bill or a trade bill. None of that matters. All elections are in referenda on the incumbent. This is a referendum on Donald yeah. Trump. This is not going to be about drug prices or infrastructure or anything else. None of that matters. Infrastructure, drug prices, employment, GDP, none of that matters. It just matters orange man bad. So uh, uh, Byron York was reporting in the Washington Examiner this morning that uh, it's come out that the uh, initial whistleblower, whose identity we still don't know, is uh, has a professional relationship with one of the Democrat presidential candidates. Here is uh, Haley Jackson over at NBC News attributing that reporting to Axios because she's so determined not to give the Washington Examiner any credit. 
And the president's seizing on a report that the whistleblower, whose complaint set off this whole impeachment inquiry, had a, quote, professional tie to one of the 2020 Democratic candidates. According to Axios, that's what the intelligence community inspector general Michael Atkinson told lawmakers last week. So we're just now hearing that, that Michael Atkinson uh, not only acknowledges that the whistleblower um, is a registered Democrat, but he actually is uh, got a professional relationship with one of the candidates. So we can't move forward and, and really evaluate these charges. First of all, the charges are spur- spurious. We have the transcript of the phone call. We don't need to hear all of this breathless speculation secondhand about it. But we need to know who this left-wing lawfare group is representing so that we can determine whether or not this is just a, a, another effort like the Steele dossier to smear and unseat this president. Hillary Clinton has, uh, she's on a book tour. She's hawking some book about uh, the gutsiest women in American history, and she's uh, you know uh, dragging around her her daughter Chelsea, who looks more and more like Webb Hubble with each passing day. And of course, all they want to ask her and talk about is this current impeachment effort. This is no longer just about the crazy stuff he says and does uh, that everybody shrugs at or worries about. This is a direct threat to the national security of America. And I think that's what's gotten people's attention. So certainly among Democrats, but now increasingly among uh, self-identified independents and even growing numbers of Republicans are saying, wait a minute, this must go for Actually, about 75 percent of independents and an even greater number of Republicans uh, oppose this impeachment effort and see what it is. What are they talking about? They keep talking about this is a threat to our national security. How is asking about Joe Biden and his son's corruption in the Ukraine a threat to our national security? You know, when Obama was in office, he steadfastly refused to send any, uh, any defensive weapons to the Ukraine. This president has sent weaponry to the Ukraine to allow them to defend themselves against the Russians. How is this president asking about Joe Biden's apparent conflicts of interest and corruption in the Ukraine a threat to national security? It's not. But Hillary's out there spinning that. And another little uh, thread that she's spinning is that, uh, well, she's showing a little ankle about whether or not uh, she might be a candidate in 2020. It truly is remarkable how obsessed he remains with me. He's either lying or delusional or both. So maybe there does need to be a rematch. I mean, obviously, I can beat him again. Oh, God, please, please let that happen. I would just love to have another night uh, like that fateful night in, two, uh, in November of 2016 when, when uh, the Democrats just could not wrap their minds around that uh, their, their chosen one had been beaten. And she's calling Trump delusional and lying. She has, for the last three years, been on a excuse-making tour, blaming everybody and anybody for her election loss other than herself. And now she's so far separated from reality that she thinks she won. She's entered the the um, world of uh, Stacey Abrams actually believing she won the election. 
Here's a news flash for you, Hillary. The popular vote does not determine the winner of the presidential election. You ought to read the Constitution. If it did determine, the whole, the whole Trump campaign would have been oriented differently. Nobody's trying to get the most popular votes. They're trying to get the most electoral votes. <laughs> it's like a football team saying, well, we, we um, gained more yards than the team that we lost to by 28 points, but we actually won the game because we scored, we, uh, we made more yards. It is lunacy, and she's in the same statement calling Trump delusional. And maybe they are going to drag old Hillary into this because Joe Biden, you, you could have looked at his history and determined that he was not a viable candidate. He's had two shots at this before, and he never got out of the low single digits. He's not a good candidate. He doesn't raise money. He wasn't ever a good candidate, and he's certainly not going to be one now at his advanced age. I think he's 76 or 78. But all of this is coming about because, uh, you know, Liz, uh, Lizzie Warren, who is, uh, you know, now leading in the uh, real politics average, she is now the Democrat frontrunner, is um, is so far out of the mainstream, she would be the most radical left-wing presidential candidate in the history of this country, and the Democrats know that that's a loser. And they're in a pure, full-bore panic about it. And now it's, being, it's coming out that, uh, you know, Lizzie Warren has her own problems with the truth because the story that she's been telling repeatedly as part of her stump speech that was, she was fired from her first job as a teacher because she got pregnant. The, uh, the Washington times has debunked that story by, uh, by uncovering videos that said that she decided to quit teaching. And also the minutes from the uh, school board that said that she had been reoffered the job, but declined to take it. Now it's true. The story she tells that, uh, at a certain point in our history, school teachers were almost all single women or women who had not yet started a family. And when they became pregnant, they were let go. But that was, uh, that was a, uh, a vestige of the past by the time Lizzie Warren's story, um, was, was being told. And now she's been caught out as a liar on top of, you know, lying about being an, uh, an Indian uh, to advance her career. So there's going to be a lot there for Trump to work with. we got to run out to a break. We'll be right back. Stick with us. Mojo. Attention, those of you looking to go on a fun vacation and see the world on the cheap. Today, the U.S. dollar is worth even more in other countries. So there's never been a better time to travel outside the USA. The dollar is worth over $1.30 in Canadian dollars. And it's the same for Australia. You can fly there today and have fun and maximize your travel dollar. 
Your U.S. dollar is worth over $3 in Brazilian reals, and it's worth over $18 in Mexican pesos. Plus, in Argentina, it's worth over $27 in Argentine pesos. Just think of the bargains you'll get. And the way you get the cheapest airfare to any destination is by calling Tickets That Cheap. Save up to 75% on your foreign vacation tickets. Don't wait. Call now. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. 800-932-1596. That's 800-932-1596. Oh, no. Well, you know, the one good thing about this uh, this NBA um, scandal where they have completely capitulated to the communist Chinese uh, and offered an apology when the general manager of the Houston Rockets um, so, sent out a tweet supporting the Hong Kong uh, freedom movement. The one good thing about this is, is it is sort of waking up the general population who don't pay a lot of attention to politics to exactly uh, how pervasive and um, uh, authoritarian China has been able uh, to reach into this country and impose those um, those speech codes on American companies. There was a an employee for the Marriott Corporation who simply liked something on Twitter that was critical of the Chinese government. The Chinese government called Marriott, demanded he be fired, and that guy lost his career for liking a tweet opposing communist oppression. And on yesterday's show, I played you that clip where uh, Steve Kerr, who is who never misses an opportunity to criticize America's government or this president, had nothing to say about the NBA capitulation to the communist government in China. Well, today, the other guy that I cited that was also a loudmouth social justice warrior from the NBA, Popovich, the coach for the San Antonio Spurs, he is he's come out. You can't keep him quiet. He has come out with a statement of support for Adam Silver. So not only is he uh, failing to condemn communist China's oppression. Now Popovich, who never misses an opportunity to criticize the United States or President Trump, has made a a statement of support into Adam Silver's capitulation to the communist Chinese. Jason Whitlock, who is uh, a a real old-school commentator on the sports scene, uh, appeared on Tucker Carlson's show last night and had some very interesting things to say. China's influence over a great sport, a great American sport like basketball, is just now being exposed. And just how dependent the NBA is on the Chinese economy and Chinese money uh, to put on the appearance of how great the league is doing without 
the Chinese money and without, because you, you really have to understand the shoe companies, Nike, Adidas, they run American basketball from the high school level all the way to the pros. And the shoe companies are dependent on the China market. And that's where all of this is coming from. You see NBA players constantly over the summer during their offseason running to China to do the bidding of their shoe companies and to sell their shoes in the China market. And so the NBA is really being exposed as not nearly as much of American business as it is a global business with China perhaps having more influence over it than even America. At the New York Knicks game last night, a fan in the stand stood up and started shouting support for uh, the the freedom movement in Hong Kong, and they threw him out of the game. I mean, just try to wrap yourself around that. Uh, Communist China is reaching into the United States and having uh, American corporations violate the free speech right of American citizens. And I got to tell you, uh, each and every one of these NBA players who likes to pose themselves as supporters of human rights and human dignity and, and against racism who are not speaking out against this NBA capitulation to the communist Chinese are just punks, plain and simple, just hypocritical punks. The communist Chinese, China is itself a, uh, an ethnostate. They, they practice um, racial discrimination and religious discrimination on a massive scale. So apparently, all of this lecturing that we've been receiving from these professional athletes in the NBA is just, has just been posturing and posing wagging their fingers at us and demanding that we are somehow morally inferior. Here's Jason Whitlock again. China's influence over a great sport, a great American sport like basketball, is Harden actually apologized on behalf of Daryl Morey to the Chinese government. We're apologizing to a communist government, and then we have athletes here and coaches like Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich that rail against our government. Jason Harding apologized on behalf of his general manager for daring to say support Hong Kong. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition of Right Now with Jim Dawes. I want to thank you for joining us. And I hope you'll come back here and join us again tomorrow on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. Look forward to talking to you then. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.